0: Five, four, three, two, one,
1: zero. Welcome back, everybody, to the Intrinsic Podcast, episode number forty-three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, as always, my name is Juan, and I'm here with my co-host Omar and yes, our special guest, Mr. Anmol Chaudhary. Like Hello. <laughs> what's up everyone and, that, and that's his intro yeah.
2: <laughs> that's my intro my name's Unmole. you know long time well not a long time but a good good amount of time friend with uh juan uh and you know first time meeting juan or oh, sorry
1: uh omar <laughs> <laughs> yes, the juan and juan episode. <laughs> yes Juan and juan episode ch- i changed that much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, who is this guy <laughs> <laughs> So yeah we uh yeah. there's another uh our second guest episode if you guys checked out the first one with my sister that was pretty enlightening very um i think motivational and sort of on a certain you know on the rails and stuff i expect this one to go very differently oh yeah <laughs> because, i definitely
2: uh, yeah. yeah she 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 did she did really great and i don't <laughs> think i'm gonna be doing that great
1: as you all probably know
2: i, I stutter a lot and you know so let's i no, mean you
1: yeah hey a humble oh, man a humble man yeah you're good. She's a, she's, she's a handful. She has a lot of like <laughs> lessons and a lot of yeah, stuff and she speaks extremely properly. Yeah, a I mean, lot, lot more wisdom than me. But <laughs> yeah, a lot, hey, more but a lot less SpongeBob me. references than you though. There you go. So yeah. does it balance out? Does it balance yeah. out? Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so we're that's, here to find just, out about that. That's the good thing about the podcast. It's a platform for everyone, you know, all inclusive and, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's great to be back. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Um, I think a special guest is is definitely the direction we want to take, and uh, this man is a man I've been told about, and I want to get (laughs) to know this man. I want to know more about this man, the man, (laughs) Anmol himself. Please, kick off this episode by telling us a little bit about yourself.
2: (laughs) Uh, Let's see, a little bit about myself. Um, My name's Anmol. Went to UC Merced. That's how I met Juan. The you funny know. the story about when I met Juan was kinda weird because he would just randomly showed up in my dorm and I was like, Who's this kid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean I mean there's not really much I don't know. I, I when I was talking to Juan about this, I was like, there's not much interesting about me really, just just living a life day by day, just going through it.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. That actually is an interesting story. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all of it, but I was friends with one of uh Jot's roommate, mm-hmm. and then he just like, "Hey, come into my r- dorm." Yeah. And then, yeah, Jot was literally just there sitting in his desk, like doing his work. He's like, "Oh, hey, hi." <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, <laughs> I was like, "Who's this?" Literally, yeah. And I would go in there like periodically, and, yeah. and same, same, literally, same exact thing. Oh, hey, hi. <laughs> and then at, like, at one point, I think I don't know if it was you or me. It's like, "Oh, hey, uh, Juan." You know, my name's Juan. <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> <with Right>. <laughs> like all right, cool. And then, uh, yeah, sure enough, I mean, through um friends that we had at that time we kind of became friends um I also think because we were all sort of like stem majors so in the science fields we were taking the same math classes physics Mm. engineering all that sort of stuff so we kind of grew through together through the uh, struggle (laughs) through the um (laughs) you know just trying to pass the classes and then you know after that we kind of kept the friendship we just took a did we just take a we went to sf um was it this year
2: yeah, it was, uh, I think it was earlier this year, uh, we went yeah. to SF, that was a really fun trip, really want to do that again.
1: Yeah, so yeah. we went to SF with also two other friends from college, who shall be named <laughs> Kevin and <laughs> Grant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking of saying their name or not, but I was like, yeah. ah, whatever. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, yeah. cool friend, for sure. And um, I guess I can talk a little bit about, more about, I guess, how, you know, how I sort of perceive him, how, how you know. Good of a friend, I guess he's been, Um and filling some of the details for Omar and for our listeners here. Absolutely. So yeah, again, I met him in college. That was a <laughs> the main thing that I sort of to this day is like I think when I think of someone says, oh yeah, you know, jot what I think about is like. Laughter and SpongeBob. That's those are the two things. <laughs> because, yep. oh, actually, and I'll add to the third memes. That those yeah, are the three memes. three things. And usually, it's always a combination of all three: SpongeBob oh, yeah. in, a, in a meme, and then people laughing at <laughs> I mean, it. <laughs> a, exactly, a man of culture. A man of a man of culture. A man, a man of culture. Exactly.
2: Got uh,
1: He would always be yeah, like the source of of all the memes and all the all the good stuff, all the laughter for sure. So I definitely remember some. Some good times of laughing of just honestly the dumbest things sometimes, yeah. but it was just, it was just hilarious. So. Um, and yeah, I guess it's a friendship through laughter.
2: Yeah. Mm. Juan left like us that. for, I think, a year when he went to, was it France? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we weren't as close of friends uh, when you left, but when you came back, that's sort of when we started, you know, hanging out a lot more than, you know, just bonding and stuff, so. I don't, know, I don't know what yeah, sort started, of triggered it, but, you know, I'm glad it happened.
0: <laughs> he started sorry, showing up by your room a little bit more often, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, he,
2: he would come over during this. We, I remember it was the summertime. We were watching the Warriors game, and, and uh, I would hit him up be like, yo, Juan, I'm about to watch the game. You want to come over? And then, you know, yeah, me and Juan yeah. would just, like, just sit there with my other uh, housemate, Carlos, um, at the time. Um, we would just hang out and just watch the game. So, yeah, I think, I think just slowly and progress, like, we just – started hanging out a lot more. started going to turmeric a lot, you know?
1: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Still, to this day, the best Indian food I've had in my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is in some random, like, you know, sort of small town that you'd never think, like, oh, yeah, Indian food here. It's like, it was this shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that thing that you were talking about when, you know, when I went uh, abroad, I I just forgot about that because something that came to my mind as soon as you said that was, like, something I think I've only mentioned to Omar, like, once, was, like, when I went, there was legitimately this, like, slight fear in me of, like, damn, are they still going to be my friends when I come oh, back? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like... That's a weird feeling. Yeah. It is because some of my other friends who, you know, had at the time who I was um rooming with, they were kind of like, damn, dude, you're going to be gone for a long time, you know, like all this sort of stuff. And they were kind of getting in my mind a little bit. I'm like, damn, you know, should I, should I for example, keep paying my apartment to stay there, you know, so that I have a place to come back? Because I didn't have any place to come back after that. Yeah. And and that was just like a, a worry in my mind and and it's funny that you say that like after that we became closer and omar will probably know just because like that kind of i think made me into a nicer person and <laughs> and and more laid so, back cuz i was a uh, i was i was just intense i'll leave it at that i, I was yeah, intense before yeah. that point it, it's
0: interesting because you met juan like slightly before his transformation and then ultimately obviously after his like, mm-hmm. transformation and i say transformation Uh, not as in like he's finished transforming right like he's some transformer he has like one version the second version that's (laughs) it like the man's gonna keep growing right but from what i remember from him he was a total different person and so me re-meeting uh juan after that was like holy shit like this guy somebody else like that's badass like that's cool you know um because for me it it helped me realize that there is a possibility for you to change, to become a better person if you really want to. Sometimes it happens naturally. Sometimes it happens with a lot of work, but it can't happen, right? And so Mm -hmm. that was really cool. And now it's cool for me to know somebody that also kind of saw that uh, change in Juan, right? Where it's like, okay, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When like you knew Juan before, he was like a little bit more, I guess a little bit more uptight, more intense, right? He's like a a mini Goggins per se, you know? <laughs> and then now he's uh, a little bit more like a uh, Jogan Rogan-esque, you know? Jo- like very Jogan like, <laughs> uh, you know, a little bit more laid back, but he can still flip a switch if he needed to, right? And like, that's something that I feel like uh, Jordan Peterson talks about. Like, like don't refrain from being a beast. Don't refrain from from like being like that intense person. Be that person, but learn how to control it, right? And I think that's badass because mm-hmm. that's definitely what I've seen with Juan, And that's something that I'm trying to... Focus on within myself as well um, and while I'm talking about that have you have you made any like changes um i guess within yourself uh recently or a long time ago or maybe mm-hmm. something that you've th- you're thinking about
2: um changes that I've made to myself let's see so I guess I'll start off in high school. I mm-hmm. was very much you know aloof. I would say, I mean, I, I focus on my work, schools, studies, you know, I try to keep good grades, but I didn't let things get to me. Um, and, and, I, and I sort of like, you know, I kind of miss that about myself. You know, when I when I first started college, you know, a lot of things started getting to me. You know, it was it was in like, I started, you know, caring a lot more, which I mean, yeah, that's a good thing. You're growing up, you're getting responsibilities, you should care more. But then a piece of me was like, dude, like life was so much better back then. Like I didn't like give two shits about mm-hmm. like these random ass things. But now it's like I'm staying up at night because like this is stressing me out or, or whatnot. So uh-huh. um, really the transformation was going from, I would say, you know, someone that, you know, didn't have to care too much about the world to, you know, overly caring about the world and, you know, overstressing about it to sort of dialing it back and you know finding the balance of you know what to stress about what not to stress Mm -hmm. about and stuff like that okay yeah
0: and so like would you say that that was kind of a defense mechanism that you had in high school to try to exclude yourself from anything that was too stressful or or anything Mm -hmm. that would like pressure you into a certain Mm -hmm. position that you just didn't want to be in or was it just like you you have no idea just it just happened
2: i think it was more of a that you you're not when you're in high school, you're not really in the real world yet. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's high school, but, you know, things really don't matter. But once you're in college, you know, like the, the, the smallest decisions you make could either make or break your life. And then that, that was sort yeah. of the mindset I was in, right? You get caught cheating in high school. You'll get a slap on the wrist, you know, okay, yeah, I'll be on your permanent record, but you know, you can still, you know, go to community college and whatnot and sort of work your way up. You get, che- mm-hmm. get caught cheating in college, you get kicked out. Yeah. And it was just sort of that mentality. I was like, dude, it's like, you got to watch where you step. Cause it's like, you, if you take a wrong step, you know, you could sort of mess up everything that's going for you. So I don't know. It was, mm-hmm. it was a really weird time. It was like my first two years where I was very, very, I guess, not, you know, talking to that many people, not sort of being engaged, not making that many friends, I would say. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, I think that's when I started opening up a lot more. And I was like, you know what? It's, and that's when I started making a lot more friends, and you know, just conversating, going out a lot, a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like I, I wouldn't know if it was I, I wouldn't know if it was a defense mechanism. I hope, hopefully, it wasn't. Hopefully, it was. I don't know, um, but yeah,
1: that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I only laugh with that when that time when you were talking about the the cheating thing because one of our <laughs> friends, <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember where he he got caught cheating off of his own paper earlier in the that he had written the the year before oh
2: right 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 yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) he told me about it he told me about it yeah
1: (laughs) it was uh, i'm not gonna say his name but he knows who he is if he is listening to this and yeah it was some sort of thing where i didn't know that but apparently you can plagiarize yourself so he had written a paper the year before for some class then the year after for another it was for the same class oh was it for the same class it was the
2: same class it was for another assignment and it was he just Mm -hmm. sort of took what he wrote and then put it in like a paragraph (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's even, yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so, what yeah, he told me. Yeah. At least, yeah, it was uh, some self plagiarism. But yeah, a hundred percent. What you were saying is is true. I mean, the stakes is, is the main thing. The stakes are just a lot higher in college. I mean, the cheating thing is is a fair thing to me. The thing that I was sort of like struggling with was like making the decision, right? Because everyone and you 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 know exactly what I mean. When you go to a party, when you go to you know to dinner anywhere like a social event, first thing anyone asks you is like. What's your major?
0: And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like
1: that, and then it's like, what's your name? It's like, what the hell? Like, ask me my name first, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. ask me that first. And and it's because choosing your major is, like, such a huge thing in college. Like, this is your identity now, right? Exactly. I mean, this yeah. is the person that you're going to be, like, an engineer, a physicist, a psychologist, whatever. You know, and there would be that sort of funny aspect of, like, when someone says, like, oh, I'm an anthro- anthrobiologist or anthro-whatever. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, damn. It's like, Good luck making money later on. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> nice. But, but, um, you know, I, I think I struggled with that specifically just because it was, like, an identity sort of thing where, again, like, I, I started with physics, as I said, and that was, like, I didn't like it, but again, because your major is your identity, it's almost like if you change it, Mm -hmm. I, you know, at least the way I thought was like, oh, people are gonna look down upon me. You know, not necessarily the case, but it was just like in my mindset, I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I can't really change it, right? And so to me, that's that's obviously why I went to like France and and a bunch of other reasons. But it was like, I feel like that has to change in college because then after like probably junior senior year, I heard like a lot of people start changing their majors a lot Mm -hmm. more often but I feel like when we started, there wasn't a lot of that because you sort of like chose a path and you walked it, you know, even if it sucked, even if you didn't like it anymore, you just, you chose it. That's your path. You, you, you keep going until you finish, you know? So yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was sort of me, uh, my freshman year. Um, I was originally a bio major because growing up in a Brown family, you're sort of conditioned to believe the only right path is to become a doctor or some Mm -hmm. sort of, of a doctor. So (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was started off as a bio and bio major. Um, after my first semester, I was like, nope, I am not going through like 16 years of school after this year. So I was like, okay, I gotta make a decision. Um, what's like a good four year degree that I can do. And it, it, it was even like my passion. I, I wouldn't say it was sort of like, what can I do in these four years where I can start working after? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it sort of, it worked out in a sense that, I really enjoy math. I didn't enjoy math in high school, but I feel like math once it clicks and you start understanding, it's a lot more enjoyable. Uh, yeah. And sort of that's sort of how I sort of went into the engineering field. The reason why I chose bioengineering is because I already had one semester of bio down, so I was like, I don't want to waste, I don't want to waste my classes. Mm. You know, like if I, like these classes are going to go to waste, so that's why I chose bioengineering. But it's kind of worked out because living in the Bay Area, you're the hub of biotech, so. A lot of great opportunities out here as well.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. And so would you say you had that kind of pressure, like that cultural pressure, where it's like, yeah, like your path is meant to be straight from high school, go and be a doctor, like nothing else. Is that like something that you feel pressured by? Oh, yeah, you're like definitely. Like your whole life, or was it more so just like in high school, where you, more, you kind of started sitting in?
2: I wouldn't say. I would say it was, well, a little fun fact. My grandma used to say my full name. And then say doctor after it. So those are the type uh, of things that, you know, you would sort of hear growing up. It's like so you're sort of being conditioned to, you know, go into that field. Wow. Things started getting serious when I was in high school, because that's sort of when you got to start thinking about like, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? So yeah, at that point I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll be a doctor. And then I was like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe a dentist. And it sort of just flip flopping me back between the two of them. And I took like a couple of engineering classes in high school. Um, like it was like intro to engineering. Um, and it was just like, it was just a fun class to take with like some of my friends. I didn't really think too much into it. Um, but that was sort of like the beginning part of it. Right. So
1: yeah,
2: I already applied, um, went to UC Merced with a, you know, major in biology. I was a microbiome major my first year. Um, but after my first semester, I was like talking to my parents and I was like, I can't do this. It's like, I just, I just don't want to like, you know, hold myself to these, like this amount of study. And it's like the, the pressure of, you know, it's like you can go through that amount of study and then not make it at the end. And then I feel like that was also sort of holding me back. That just mindset of like failure, like, Oh, I could yeah. like possibly fail. And then all those like years of schoolwork and everything just down the drain. And it's like, I have to find something new to do. Um, and and how so that's did that?
0: Uh, yeah. How did that conversation go with your parents?
2: They were, they were pretty supportive. Um, you know, they were just like, you know, at the end of the day, really your parents just want to see you successful they just yeah. they don't they don't want you to live the life that they lived and you know it was it was it wasn't a hard conversation but it was a good conversation that i had and it was you know they were accepting accepting that um i wanted to switch majors not be in biology or not going to like the medical field even though i guess technically i'm still in the medical field but yeah. <laughs> so, oh, <yeah>. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they were pretty, they were really supportive, which was, you know, a very nice touch. And then my parents have always been supportive, which is
0: great. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's cool because that definitely helps uh, paint a bigger picture for me um, as to who you are. But I'd almost like to dive a little bit deeper into what, what gets you ticking, what gets you going. Um, I guess, besides education, besides um, that portion of your life, what else is something. That is really vital to the man that you are to the uh, quote unquote sexy beast as I was hearing earlier. <laughs> yeah. what, what 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 puts the sexy and the beast in your name
1: that, Dang, that's, that's, the, a that's a tough one that's a million dollar question right that's there. a tough one
0: for a million dollars
1: <laughs>
2: <sighs> i don't I really don't have an answer to that I don't know I think I think that's okay. that's something I sort of got to think about you know so yeah. No no answer right now, but if, you know, in the future, if I ever come back mm-hmm. on, I'll keep that in mind and I'll I'll have something to talk about.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll shelf that I'll question.
1: I'll follow up on that one. because All right. All right. I won't, you know, I won't dive deeper, but I, I'm curious, like, right, what is, uh where Where do you think the confusion, is it a confusion or is it something where you, you haven't reflected enough or is it something where you aren't quite sure, like, you, you know, about your identity? Like, do, you know, just... You don't have to obviously like go mm-hmm. deeper into that, but like how, what is? I'm always curious about like what are the aspects of people where like to not answer a question right. There's some confusion going on there, and I'm curious like if you mm. if you know at least like a, a bit of the source of that confusion. I guess. Mm. I
2: guess it's it's so is is the question like why why uh, why I'm not able to answer Omar's question?
1: Is that what <laughs> you're trying to say? No, no, that's not what I'm trying. To. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to get to the point of like. You know, for something that's, like, big, your, your question was dealing with identity, right, Omar? Like, well, what makes yeah. you tick aside mm-hmm. from, like, uh, education and obviously, like, photography, you know, mm-hmm. which we'll get into that. What, I guess, I suppose the question, yeah, is, like, why why do you get out of bed, you know, every day? Oh, like what why is do I get that, out of bed? That thing. Um, we've spoken about it. Like, for me, I mean, I had, an, like, an, a job interview, like, a couple of days ago, and the lady asked me that. Like, you know, why are you obsessed with growth? Why are you all these things that I was telling her? And, and for me... You know, I hadn't really thought about that question in a while, but for me, it was like my mom. It's always been mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. mom. You know, having that example of like her working all those hours, being yeah. a single mom, raising us, like all that sort of stuff. I do it in a sense, like it's like I feel like it's cliche to say I do it for her because it's it's always you know for me, and she knows that it's like you know do it for yourself, not for me. But I do it because of that example she said. Right to, to me, it's almost like here's this path that she laid. And for me to not go on that path and be like, all right, I'm going to be this lazy person, or I'm just going to, you know, not really, you know, reflect or grow as a person to me is almost like a, doing her a dishonor in a mm-hmm. sense, you know, oh, I mean? definitely, so, yeah. but, that, but that, yeah, that's kind of like what I, what I was talking about. Like, what is, you know? Oh, so, okay. Together? Okay. I,
2: I can answer that. I can answer that. And in my, my, my answer is pretty much really similar to Juan's. Yeah. I, for me, it's my parents, you know, for very similar reasons, it's, my dad came to this country when he was 23. When I was 23, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. Uh, and this guy's like, you know, crossing borders to get here and everything. And I'm like, dude. And like looking at it now, I, I like I joke around with him. I was like, I was like, how the hell did you do all of that? It's so you can't even like go like this guy's. All my life, I've known this guy as sort of like a worry. Like he worries a lot about things, and I'm like, "How the hell did you cross the border?" Like, <laughs> like seeing you now, it's like you like you worry about like the littlest things. But it's like, he's like at that point, it was like there's just no option for me. It's like you know, in India and in, in Punjab where he grew up, it's like you're only going on one path, right? You you're born into a family of farmers, and you know, typically you're you're not gonna get out. You're not gonna. You're not going to further your education. You're going to go to the minimum school required. Once you do that, or once even if you drop out at some point, you know you're you're in farming, uh, regardless of what your passions are. Because there, it, it's it's not more of like, oh, I'm doing this for a passion. It's like oh, I'm doing this for survival. Um, yeah. Like we can say, like you know, India is a, a first world country, but to be honest, it's I mean, probably get a lot of hate for this, but. I don't think it is. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's still a third world country because a lot of your, you know, citizens are still living in poverty and sort of on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, fighting for their lives, um, Mm -hmm. sort of touching on, I know know you guys talked about it, but sort of touching on like the farmer protest that's going on right now, you know.
1: That Um, that was something we wanted to to get into. I mean, you're someone who for sure has followed it a bit more closely. Um, We did touch upon it on that one podcast, but kind of like when we had my sister on, it's like talking about certain aspects, you know, of like society, when you don't have that direct perspective is like, how much can we say here without, you know, just sounding ignorant, and sounding like we know something that we don't know, right? So we sort of stopped a little bit short, but this is actually yeah, the perfect uh, time for that. I mean, I know you, you followed it. Can you sort of fill us in on, on what's going on? We, we know the basis of it and why it's something that's, you know, should be on the news more, It's more significant than, than, you know, the, the world realizes, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So
2: like the farmer protest that's going on right now, it's, they're introducing these three different laws um that essentially will take control out of, you know, the negotiating price that farmers make when they go to what's called the mundi, uh, which is essentially like where you go to sell your crops. Um, right. So, cutting out the middleman and you're, and you're sort of going straight to the, you know, the distributor. Right. So in hindsight, that, that's, such, that sounds like a great idea, right? You're cutting out the middleman, you're, you're potentially making more you know profits, but there's, there's a difference when there's only a few distributors, right? If, if I'm selling crops and I'm selling it to you guys, I'm only selling it to you guys. And so you guys could work together and determine the price. You know, originally I could sell this, this, this cob of corn for $1, right? $1 a dollar, right? A dollar a cob. But, you know, because it's just you two that I'm only able to sell to That's sort of, you know, you guys be like, okay, well, uh, I'm only buying it for 25 cents. And then Omar could be like, oh, I'm only going to buy it for 15. So it's like, well, then I'm getting screwed out because, you know, there's no middleman for me to go sell to, um, who's going to, you know, sort of negotiate that price and, you know, make sure I get my minimum value. Um, and, and sort of, that's, that's sort of where the, um, the issue is. Um, so those three laws are sort of, you know, this is a very brief, brief, um, description of what's going on, but those three laws are sort of what, it's what hindering uh, a lot of the farmers, you know, um, their livelihood, because again, when you're there, it's survival. It's like, that's all you do. You, You know, you're not, you're not working an office job most of the time. If you're living in the village, you're more than likely doing farming. Right. Yeah. So that that's sort of it's been going on for it's about it's about almost a year. I believe they started around this time last year. Um it's it's been going strong. You know, recently there was there was this attack um where someone literally drove a dream, a jeep over a lot of the farmers. Um but you know it's everyone in in you know in outside countries is holding strong. Everyone in India is holding strong. So let's hope that, you know, you know, the, the PM of India sort of holds up to the democratic values um, and, you know, honors, you know, the the rightful, you know, sort of honors what the farmers want. And, you know, hopefully there's some type of, um, you know, meeting in the middle or not, I wouldn't even say yeah. in the middle, but there's some type of agreement between the two.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you say uh, that this is like the biggest thing that's happened in India in like recent years? Um, or has there been other things that have led up to this?
2: Um, see, okay. If I I, I kind of don't want to talk about it because I will get into a lot of politics, um, and, and I try to. I wouldn't say I try to get away from politics, but politics is always going to bring up some, you know, anger issues um, mm-hmm. between the opposing mm-hmm. side and everything. Um, but I will say that, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that went on in the past that sort of you know it builds up to this um and and it's you know it's sort of continuing um to build up you know i mean that that's that's what i'll say
1: okay yeah yep. okay that's fair and in, yeah in your perspective right i mean this is I suppose a very idealist question but like say you have right that power to sort of what, what would be the law or, or the you know the policy that you think would be a fair thing would you inter- would you Obviously, you're for like you know that third person, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's like another system, you know that yeah could potentially do better. What would you? So do? It, w-
2: it would be just don't get rid of the minimum price, right? That, I mean that that's the thing. The middleman establishes that minimum price that you can sell your crop at. The one of the three laws is getting rid of that minimum price. So if if I have this crop that I can that I can sell to you guys for a dollar, and that's the minimum price, I'm guaranteed you know some tor- some sort of profit, right? But if there's no minimum price, you guys are est- essentially establishing the minimum, you know, the, the best example is the minimum wage, right? If we don't have an established minimum wage in America, employees or employers can sort of, you know, you know, set that price. You know, currently I think the minimum wage in California is like $15, $16. Yep.
1: And
2: so they could, you know, they'd be like, okay, well, uh, we're only the minute we're only gonna pay you like five bucks to do this work. Um, cause there's no, there's no regulation on what, you know, the minimum wage is. So it's sort of just having that minimum standpoint of like, okay, the crop is going to cost this much, um, regardless of, you know, what it is. I think that that's the best solution. And again, no ex- expert in this field, but from the, from the knowledge that I've sort of gathered and talking to people and sort of listening to people, that's sort of what I've gained and, you know. Having that minimum price would best, you know, sort of sort of be the best option, um, in my opinion.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. We, we've talked about this from another perspective, like because I think it's sort of the most interesting thing because sort of farmer stuff like that has happened in the U.S. Obviously, not to the extent that it's going on right now in India, but the thing that we were talking about was how is it that like the people with the most important jobs, arguably are sort of treated in sometimes the worst ways, right? I mean, we talk about farmers, yeah. but it's also, right, uh, teachers, right? I mean, literally tasked with the, you know, job of forming people's minds, and they're highly underpaid. Farmers, same thing, right, in India. And I'm sure there's something going on in the U.S., you know, to to a lesser extent as well. And I just think it's it's such a confusing thing to me to sort of cut off the knees of someone who, is literally like feeding you and and learning and teaching you how to live, right? I mean, it's such a nonsensical thing in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I mean, for California, right, I'm pretty sure the farmers are being sort of being restricted on water because we're always in a drought. So it's it's like, well, shouldn't we allocate, you know, water in different areas? Maybe agriculture is pretty important because I'm pretty sure the whole, you know, Central Valley is heavily based on agriculture and everything. So... And then yeah. and your, your comment on teachers, it's like, these are the people that are interacting with our kids, you know, the kids of tomorrow, really, right? So provide, not providing them the right resources so that they can sort of, you know, I guess, do their job, right? That's sort of, it's, it's a hindrance and, you know, not, you know, teachers are like, it's like, I, would, I wouldn't say it's a worst job, but it's like the, the, the best job that's the worst paying, like it's yeah. like you gotta least be pa- yeah, exactly. Be least value, you gotta be passionate to be a teacher. It's like mm-hmm. dealing with kids is not easy. Um no, no. take no. it from like it's a guy terrible. that doesn't have any kids, but like just uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just like once they get to the point of asking questions, it's game over. It's like yeah, it, it's but it's like yeah. doing that on a daily basis, you know, dealing with like all these kids and you sort of have to deal with like their home issues too, right? Because you know Mm -hmm. kids will bring that to school you know it sort of affects their the way they hold themselves and how they act in class so yeah teachers are definitely undervalued and you know maybe like like there's a there's a a movement I guess a while ago to like sort of reform that and you know get more resources into classrooms and everything I don't know I I didn't keep up with that but you know maybe maybe that's a that's an area of solution that we should explore as a nation
0: Well, I mean, like teachers are like the third parent for some kids, some kids they are the secondary or even the primary, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they have a guardian at home, but they don't necessarily have a parent figure and that one teacher can, you know, make or break their whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yeah, so, I mean, teachers, agricultural workers, um, I mean, there's people that, uh, I I forgot, I was like reading an article on it the other day, but I mean, point is there's, there's just so many positions that people take, and they don't necessarily understand what it is that they're doing. Where like somebody who has no options, they're like, "Well, what other option do I have? Like this is all I have." But they don't realize the importance of their role in the whole ecosystem, right? Um, it's it's fascinating to me discussing that about India because, it, like, I always grew up looking up to uh, Cesar Chavez, you know, and the movement uh, that was created here in California. And although I was never able to see that firsthand, I was like, well, this is now happening in India. And, you know, in, in its own way, it's 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 a big movement, right? I don't, I don't want to say that one movement's bigger than the other, but they're in their own way, both very important movements. And it starts with the agriculture, right? Building rights for the farm workers, building rights for those that are, you know, breaking their neck every day. And it's about regaining control, regaining power over what they're doing. I can't imagine anybody working in a field where they have very little control over, it, right? Because then, they're like you said, there's there's no minimum price. You don't know what you're working for. You don't know what direction your life is going to be taking. And if you have a family, if you have kids, how do you know how to build a future for them? You don't. It's like you're kind of just working blindly, right? Um, and I think that's kind of part of the reason why it's also a lot more important to give more, um, I guess, attention, media attention to is to let people know, like, hey, like, yeah, this is happening in another place of our world, but let's not forget we're all one world. And just because it's happening, and it doesn't mean it can't happen here. It doesn't mean it can't happen in another country as well. And the second that you start letting those kinds of issues grow uh, rapidly, uh, it's it can duplicate, it can multiply, you know, tomorrow, and you wouldn't even know it. And so it's important to kind of cut it off. As it's growing, as it's becoming a movement, right before it gets any further, because it can transition to other countries and to other places around the world.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's even like with the like the three hundred followers that I have on Instagram, right? I posted about <laughs> I posted about <laughs> this, like you know, okay, like nowhere near like you know some of these other people, like thousands, but like I, I posted this about like almost every day when it when it really first started and sort of kicked off and everything, right? post, you know, something new every day, you know, what's going on. I always try to post something that was in English. And and the the reason I did that is because most of my followers, I would say it's a 50-50 split where some of them are Punjabi, they can speak Punjabi, but then all the other half is like, you know, they're they're from other ethnic groups and, you um, you know, they can understand English, obviously. So whenever I posted things in English, I always wanted to like get that perspective out like, okay, well, this is what's going on and sort of sort of having that understanding be sort of broadcast to like, I guess, all my friends and everything. And the amount of people that I always reached out when I would post, you know, it was great to see because it's like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not personally affected by what's going on in India, right? I'm not a farmer in India, but it's sort of like that that's your people, right? It's like you still you still care about the place that, you know, your parents grew up. You know, it, it sort of it holds a I don't know, like Punjab holds like a really, really deep value. Um, in my heart. And it's like, yeah, I don't live there. I don't, you know, I don't go as often as I should, but, you know, I still care about the place. I I still want to see my people prosper uh, and, you know, not have to, you know, you know, resort to like suicide and, you know, other resorts of, um, you know, livelihood and whatnot. So it's, it was, it was great to see that, you know, it started off such a small, like, I'm pretty sure, like, not that many people even heard about Punjab, and you know, it's a state in India, but and then it sort of progressed to you know, like, this huge, um, move not a movement, but this huge, like, worldwide, you know, topic where you know, you had like you know, celebrities like Rihanna, you had you know, rappers like um, Russ, um, and I think there's a whole bunch even more in, in the middle that that were starting to post about this. And, you know, it sort of gained this, like, great media attention that it wasn't getting in India, you know. It was, you, you started seeing it on CNN, what was going on and everything. So it was, it was really cool to see, like, you know, it started off so small with just, like, you know, I guess Punjabis, you know, like starting to post off and it sort of grew and grew and grew. And now it's like it's getting all this media attention, which is, you know, it's, it's sort of putting in light, you know, what's actually going on out there. And like yeah. that that's all thanks to like social media. Because if this was like back in the 80s, man, this would have been unnoticed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Good luck with that. Yeah.
1: That's yeah, that's a great point actually. And something I did want to touch upon because that was actually something that you you yourself taught me in that SF trip. Because when we were there, I remember we were going to walk on the Golden Gate Bridge and there was this protest, right? And I think it was something like Ethiopia or some some uh you know country. Uh, in the African continent and they were protesting like um, a dictator Some something was going on right and it's it's a key thing that you sort of taught me in that moment because I was thinking okay here's this protest right and it's, it's that sort of like protesting for something that isn't directly affecting you mm-hmm. right and that was something that was in some way confusing me not because of like that support obviously you you, you have that connection so you want if you come from there you want it to be good right but the thing that sort of confused me in that specific moment was like as a country in the states right we often like as citizens like don't like when we go into other places right i mean you see what happened in iraq and afghanistan it's like don't invade other places in vietnam right all those protests that were going on and so the confusion to me in that specific moment was like okay that's fair but then what are we supposed to do like you know say we all Uh, call our senators or whatever and we you know and and the president does something but then in that particular case oftentimes it's seen like as a negative thing like don't interfere in another country's Mm -hmm. you know relations you know but something that you said which you know to this day I'm holding you know in my mind is like it's not about that it's just the awareness of it right it's the awareness of this is out there and this is going on and what it does is it puts pressure on that country right was this, this is what you were telling me It was like it puts pressure on that specific country because even if you're the worst leader dictator whatever no one likes to look bad right and no one likes their country that they're running to look bad so here right. you are just going about your regular day in some you know running some country like a dick mm-hmm. and you <laughs> go on the news and and right and you see people talking about your country and and you're doing all these horrible things even if right I think those people are sort of like A little far gone to really reason with them but even that itself it's almost like it hurts their ego right and and it makes people aware of that and so yeah that's that's you know something that was like it's one of those moments where you learn a lot of things as a kid right but then it seems like even though you learn a lot of things in college and high school and everything it seems like the impactful things that you learn you already kind of learned Right. Like be kind to people, say thank you, all these very fundamental things. That to me was actually pretty impactful because here I am with twenty four year old and my friend Ja is telling me about this and I'm like, Holy shit, like that's why. Like I it's something like clicked in my mind where I was like, That makes so much sense. And how did I not see that before? Right. And that's that's something that again just the importance of it is the awareness and you know on a friendship level the importance of it is having a friend to be knowledgeable enough to be like yo you're looking at this the wrong way check this out Mm -hmm. you know and put you on the right path so uh, you know thank you for that one specifically that was pretty definitely for myself
2: it's always like you know i guess the saying is you know no no attention is bad attention or something like that but it's like there is bad attention, right? It's, it's, if you're looked at in a negative light, that's not a good feeling. I wouldn't feel good if I was running a country and I was, you know, like people were cursing at my name, you know, burning photos of me. I was like, dude, I would feel pretty bad. So it's like just getting that sort of, you know, out there, you know, you sort of, people start getting awareness, you know, it starts, you know, catching ground and, and, and it goes into media and it's sort of, you know, that that's sort of what picks up a movement and that's when you'll start seeing things change. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, I'm glad that I, I sort of, um, helped you sort of see that, um, uh, again, uh, really is just, you know, just, just getting that, made, getting that out there. Me, yeah.
1: You made me more woke.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, no, opened you opened your eye. I gave, you that, co- eye. Yeah, I gave you that morning <laughs> coffee. <Yeah>.
1: Exactly. <laughs> A little boost there.
2: Yeah. 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 That, that well, really
1: that was. was like, yeah, just mm-hmm. to finish that one up. That really was, again, like, it's weird as an adult to learn something that changes your mind like mm-hmm. so much that i'm like holy shit like in that moment i was just quiet i was like damn <laughs> in my mind i was like this guy's yeah. hella smart yeah. but also i was thinking damn i'm fucking dumb nah. <laughs> just one of those like humbling yeah. moments is what it really yeah. was you yeah. know oh, it yeah. just felt like damn like i should have known that but yeah. you know i appreciate knowing that now mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah well let, let's hope that uh the situation in india improves you yeah
2: know? definitely
0: um at the end of the day, and I always say this, and it sounds like super, like, hippie-ish of me, but, like, you know, we're all brothers and sisters here, and mm-hmm. we should all try to to help each other out and bring each other up, you know? There's, yeah. there's no time, and there's no necessity for, for violence or, or any um, unwarranted kind of uh, behavior, you know, that brings yeah. us down. Uh, so, let's hope that that, that improves. Um, and to kind of uh, transition out of that, um, Juan did mention that you're into photography. Yep. So... When did this interest of yours begin? Uh, at what age?
2: So, I don't. I think. I think. I really. I, I'm still not taking it seriously, but I think I really got into it in high school, and it's. It was just weird because I think. Um, I forget who I was showing pictures to, and I think they were like, "Dude, that's a really good picture," and I was like, mm-hmm. "You know what? I'm gonna create an Instagram account, and I'm just gonna post my pictures there." And, you know, I I started doing that. I just, you know, at first it was just pictures I took off my phone and, you know, I would just edit them, you know, however I thought at that time was good. Now that I look back and I'm like, dude, what the hell were you like doing? Like these photos are (laughs) freaking ugly. But at that time I was like, man, this this looks bomb. I'm freaking putting this on. I'm going to make it this caption and everything. And I was like, it's up. And then slowly it's like, and then, uh, so when sort of, I created my account and then I was just using my phone for, you know, ca- as a camera and everything. And then we're, we're walking through Walmart in, in, in San Jose. Um, and then it's like, they're shutting down and I'm like, Oh, that's crazy. So we're just walking through, there's a whole bunch of deals going on. And then, uh, we walk past this camera. It's like a, the DSLR. Um, it was a, I still, I'm, that's a still, that's still the camera that I use to this day. It's a, um, it's a Nikon D3200. Um, and it was like the basic of the basic cameras and it cost me 200 bucks. And I was like, I'm gonna get it. Like, like, so that that was my first camera and I still have it. And then that's sort of where it just took off. So every time we would go somewhere, you know, just on vacation or just, you know, when I was going with my family or friends just to hang out and whatnot, I would always bring it with me and just take random photos. So we went to Seattle for a wedding. Uh, we got, I got a chance to explore Seattle for half a day and I, and I took a whole bunch of pictures there. We went to New York um, for a family vacation, and then again, same thing. I was able to take some pretty cool pictures in New York uh, and DC. Uh, We had a wedding in DC during that time, Um, so yeah, it was it was just you know I enjoyed taking pictures. I enjoyed um, editing them and then posting them, Um, and then reading the like I don't like it's it's an ego boost. I get it, you know. It's like you you post it, you get the likes, you get the comments, but you know I, I still enjoy like the the whole aspect of like like going to like a place you've never gone before and then taking a whole bunch of pictures there. And then, you know, like I, in in addition to posting it online, I also print them out and then I hang them up in, um, in our house. So um, cool. yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really know when my passion first started, but you know, it just slowly progressed. Um, and I haven't posted it in over a year right now, but I have, I think like 15 po- uh, photos that I need to post. I just, just have it. So Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah.
0: And for you, is it about capturing the moment or is it about allowing the viewer to see it from your perspective of what it is that they're mm-hmm. they're seeing? Which one is it? Or is it neither? Or is it something else?
2: I'm still trying to figure that out because yeah, okay. when I was in New York, I was thinking, you know what, it will be kind of cool if I did like a history um, of like the place that I'm visiting. Right. So I think for the Empire State Building, I did a whole bunch of research on it and I, and I pretty much my caption was, you know, what the Empire State Building was and how it was built when it was built and everything. But then I was like, I don't know, I, I was thinking, and then I didn't do that for like any of the other places that, you know, that I took photos. I only did it for the Empire State Building. Um, but yeah, I think I'm still trying to discover, you know, sort of what I'm trying to really do with uh, photography and, you know, do I want to just do it for myself or do you want to, you know, do I want to capture it for the people that perhaps can't travel for, you know, various reasons? Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I mean, I'm still trying to discover that with COVID haven't been able to travel a lot. So
0: we'll see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Darn COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's (laughs) worst neighbor.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, I was talking to, I was talking to a friend um, and I was like, we were so close to the light at the end of the tunnel when vaccines sort of started rolling out and then it just went downhill from there. And it's like now it's like you can't really see the end. Right. It's like it's like is this the new norm are, are we just going to live like this for, I guess, the remaining of time? Or are we eventually going to get back to what was considered normal, you know,
0: yeah. two years ago at this point? Are we going to start wearing like hazmat suits, you know, and yeah, like everybody yeah. just like. Can't even touch yeah. each other anymore. Like, what's it going
2: to be? I, you don't flinch every time someone coughs, man. It's like,
0: like <laughs> yeah, it's like,
2: like, that's not a that's not the world you want to live in. But it's sort of progressing into that, right? So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. As someone, I mean, I'm in Arizona now, but mm-hmm. oddly enough, in Arizona here, I don't have any allergies. But in California. I'm sure you guys both know I have mm-hmm. some allergies, right, mm-hmm. and yeah. it would be the most uncomfortable thing to go into a store, and I have allergies, and I'm like oh, I, I can't cough <laughs> yeah. right now because I know everyone's gonna give me that look, and I was yeah. like th- 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 trying yeah. not to sneeze, but yeah, I mean because I guess here the the restrictions are less, mm-hmm. which yeah. I don't think is the best thing, but yeah. um at least here i can I can breathe in, I don't have you know any allergies here, thankfully, so yeah, that works out pretty well. Yeah. No,
0: I, I know what you mean. I mean, I do work outdoors and um, a lot of my clients tend to be uh, older or close to the age of retiring or are retired. Mm-hmm. And they they like look at me like from the distance when I'd be sneezing because of the same thing, like <laughs> allergies, you know. And I'm working very close like, to plants and all that. And so I would just like see people just like looking at me from outside the door. And it's like, they'll just like peek it open. They're just like looking at me, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, you know, like sneezing. And I'm just like. <laughs> Like, looking around real quick, like, oh, who saw that? Who saw that? You know, and like, trying to hide. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's a terrible feeling. Yeah. It's like, you feel like like you're almost part of the uh, the issue, right? But yeah. it's like, no, it's yeah. like, it's allergies. What am I supposed to do? I can't, exactly. I can't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah, the but, weird uh, thing
2: for me, it's like, so when I work in the office and I'm eating, like, let's say I'm eating, like, almonds or something, for, like, whatever reason, they always get, like, a little piece of it gets stuck in my throat and then I have to cough <laughs> it out, right? So it's yeah. like... Uh, before i was somewhere. like I, like i didn't really care i would just like cough it out but now it's like dude it's like i'm working with like people beside me I'm, i don't want to be like that guy just like coughing all over the place so <laughs> it's like it's like what do you do like you just gulp like a whole jug of water or do you go to the bathroom and just you know just let hell like <laughs> loose or like it, it's like you gotta start thinking it's it's crazy it's like the whole mentality is like now you're starting to think about like how people perceive you because it's like well does he have covid like am i gonna get it from him but it's like yeah uh, crazy world we live in
0: yeah. yeah it's funny because i went from like not caring about the perception of others on me mm-hmm. like like oh what are people going think whatever they want yeah, of me yeah. i don't give one single flying mm-hmm. f you know mm-hmm. and then to now all of a sudden becoming so consumed with the thought of like i hope they think that, that, that i'm a <laughs> good person that i wouldn't be spreading covid i hope yeah. they i hope they think and they know that i'm vaccinated mm-hmm. i hope you know it's like it's so yeah. weird right yeah. but yeah hopefully uh it, it kind of dies out because it's it's been a thing for too long I feel and like say like I have um, a niece that's in high school right now and like I want her to experience high school to the fullest extent of course high school is just high school you know it's not nothing uh, crazy but it is something that you'll take with you for the rest of your life it is an uh, an experience and it is a place in time where you can create a lot of cool memories that you'll take with you right and it's like I want her to have that I don't want her to just literally sit through it like for 4 years like nothing really matters it's like oh who cares you mm-hmm. know it's like it's 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 something important right and i think that's what i'm hoping will will be the the thing that comes out of this mm-hmm. where we realize how much more important life is how much yeah. more important it is to go out to socialize to network to hang out with your friends even if it's that one weekend where like oh i finally have a day off it's like forget sleeping in go out go mm-hmm. get a bite to eat go do something fun Like, let's let's kind of like kickstart everything again. Right. So I hope that that is the one thing that comes out of it.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, it was tough to see for everyone that graduated. I think Juan. Yeah, Juan graduated during COVID. I mean, that's that's tough, man. So you go through like four or five years of college. That graduation is like your ticket out. Like that's like the best feeling ever when you walk the stage. But it's like I feel like everyone that graduated during 2020 and like, you know, 2021, I guess now as well you sort of you got robbed of that experience and sort of you know living up to that you know walking the stage shaking the hands and you know doing some goofy ass shit as you walk down you know the, the <laughs> stage um yeah it's like and even graduation it's like, it's like it's like it's more for your parents so it's like even like i don't know it, it's yeah. this whole covid yeah. situation really messed with a lot of lives um you know directly yeah, exactly. and indirectly
1: yeah i feel more bad about that for like my mom i mean yeah yeah when it first happened i was really really mad i was like Mm -hmm. are you fucking like five years Mm -hmm. and i'm not even gonna i mean it sounds like a dumb thing like walk and get a piece of paper exactly but it's like it's a symbolic thing Mm -hmm. and i love that stupid graduation music i don't know why but i love it it just (laughs) puts you in that mood it just puts you in that mood and it's an overall like fun day right but then again i sort of got over it i was like all right whatever um in that time, as Omar would know, I was sort of, like, shifting my mindset a little bit to, like, not expect anything from any specific thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. do it for the fact of doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I have my degree. Like, I can move on and, and do whatever I want to do now. But, but, again, yeah, looking back on it, I feel more bad for my mom because she would ask me all the time, like, oh, are they going to mm-hmm. do the, the mm-hmm. ceremony now? Like, are they going to do, like, a, another thing? And I'm like, ah, no, I don't Damn. think they are, oh. mom." Yeah. And, and if they do, I don't know if we should go, you know, because like, again, all that stuff with the yeah. COVID and, you know, I mean, we're, we're, everyone's vaccinated at my, at my house, but, you know, still, I guess for my mom specifically, it's like, well, maybe it's not the safest thing. And also it's kind of like a weird thing. I don't know, to, to celebrate something that happened what, now, like two, one year ago, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, a little bit more than a year, but yeah, I feel I feel bad because, you know, I, I went to take pictures at, like, some winery. That was kind of, like, her moment to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be like, all right, yeah. you graduated. And she tried to, you know, do, like, a, a cheers and got through, like, two words and just, <laughs> bawling out. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, at least that moment is yeah. there, you know. But for me, it was, like, again, like, I, I got it. Let me move on and just, you know, carry on with my life. Because I do think that, again, it's something that, like, it hurt me, but it's, like, I have to live my life, right? I mean, like exactly. you said, if this becomes the new norm, which I, I, I hope not, and that mm-hmm. sounds like a horrible phrase to say, but Terrible. if it is, you have to learn how to live with it, right? Yeah. And so in that moment, that's I mean, the stuff that I was thinking about. Like, if it happens, it happens, right? If if there's another graduation, then it happens. It turned out that it didn't happen. And even if they say, like, now, like, come back, I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, you kind of have to move on, I yeah. guess, from that point.
2: Just got to finish your yeah. master's, get that double
1: degree, <laughs> Nah, bro. I would <laughs> <laughs> do.
2: Yeah, I know you told me, but
1: yeah. Yeah. That that was see, that was interesting too. Cause when I was doing that too, my mom was like had that sort of thing, yeah, right? It's like, yeah. no, I need another graduation. Mm-hmm. You know, I need another graduation ceremony in my mm. mind. And and she so she was not like I mean she wasn't the happiest of mm-hmm. it for, you know, usual reasons, mm-hmm. but I think that also added to it, like she almost felt like I need to see you mm-hmm. graduating yeah, again, yeah. right? But, you know, sure enough, after that, you know, she kind of understood. She just wanted me to make the right decision. And honestly, it wasn't a difficult decision at all. I mean, I called Omar when I did it, and I have some pictures because he's like, dude, take some pictures because it's (laughs) an important (laughs) moment. And I was, like, laughing. I was, like, bawling when I I was, like, uh, you know, essentially, like, pressing the withdraw button to send the the form itself. Because, you know, people think about it as, like, a very negative thing. Again, we talked about this plenty, but it was, like, for me, it was, like, a weight lifted off of my shoulders like ah, finally you know the thing that I, I repeat all the time is like in college as you know like probably like college takes up like 80 to 90 percent of your time right and the rest is like for you yeah. do your own things play NBA 2k watch the Warriors <laughs> game right stuff like that yeah. Spongebob <laughs> right <laughs> hey, but yeah exactly but the thing that I was struggling with at that time was, like, I've never, because I've been in school since, right, five years old till now I was, like, 23, 24 at that time. Like, I've never for any of those years just focused on myself. Like, fuck everything. Let's just say 100% of my time goes to me. Like, what happens in that case? And that intrigued me so much, and it sort of, like, built a little bit of frustration in me, too. Like, what if? You know, because I'm someone who who is is confident enough to put – you know, to to take a risk on myself, in a sense, you know, and that's why I think decisions like that shouldn't really be seen in a negative way, right, because it is something, and I still talk to my friends from the Masters, and I don't know if they're they're thinking about leaving, but they definitely see the aspect of it, like, yeah, dude, I I have no time for myself for now, and (laughs) I have this friend who's, this quarter at UC Davis, he's just taking one class, because he just wants to in his own words, live his life, mm-hmm. right, and that's something that is overlooked as a sacrifice when you do go to college. Yeah,
2: I mean that's going to be me in a couple of months, hopefully.
1: <laughs> Ooh, oh yeah, yeah, you're going
2: back, right? Yeah, I'm going back. I applied to San Jose State, um, but I'm probably going to be working, so probably like zero time for myself at that point. But we'll Damn. see. I mean, you always got to find some sort of balance, yeah. right? So
0: absolutely, yeah. That's the that's the only way I think you can get by in life is finding that balance. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get so far just kind of not either like half-assing it or just kind of really forcing it right like oh i'll i'll do this uh the majority of my day and then as soon as i'm finished with this i'm gonna move on to that and then like go to sleep at like five in the morning or whatever you know you can only do that for so long but eventually you do need to find that balance so you know wish you the best of luck in that oh yeah i'm
2: struggling right now it's working in oakland you drive an hour there an hour back and it's like by the time you get home it's like i want to work out but I'm dead exhausted. And it's like the only thing I can think about is just sitting on the couch and doing nothing. So yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to work out on that balance, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to sort of live life while also working and stuff.
0: You so, know, that's, that's something that I've, I've learned recently too, because my, my, what I do for work is like labor intensive, right? Mm-hmm. So you would say like, well, you don't need a workout, right? Yeah, like you, yeah. you're basically working out all day long. And I'm like, now fuck that. Like I gotta get it. <laughs> I gotta get my workout in. Like yeah. if anything, like me working throughout the day, like that's just like the, the setup. That's like the practice. That's just like warming me up. Like, but once I'm at the gym, like that's the climax, that's the highlight of the day. Right. And I've, I've, I'm not gonna lie. I've had some days where like my whole body is just like, it feels like it's torn to pieces. Like I literally cannot do a single thing. Um, my bo- my body just can't tolerate it anymore, I guess. I don't know. Um, and those are the, some like the hardest days on me where I'm just like, damn, like I can't even get past this. Like my body physically won't let me, I'm like, damn, you know? And sometimes I'll take a day off the next day, but once I come back, it's like right back to that same standard, you know? Like there's no, no less work to be done. It's, it's going to be the same, the same, the same every single day. And, uh, it, it kind of, uh, I, I, I was talking about this with my cousin recently, like when you work out, it's. Not so much for, at least for me, it's not so much for the aesthetics, not so much for looking like you're super ripped, you know, so you can get all the babes at the beach, you know, yeah. during the summer. It, <laughs> it's, it's for your mindset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's to build that 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 yeah. that brain, right? Yeah. To, yeah. to really feel mm-hmm. comfortable in your own skin, to really exactly. feel confident, right? It's, that's what I need and that's what mm-hmm. I get from it, right? Yeah. Um, so don't let, don't let go of working out for too long. Juan told me that too, you know? Like, yeah. Every single time I come back it's like I'm always acting surprised like oh yeah that's right like this is what it does for me it makes me live my life a lot better like you know so whatever you can man I I would definitely like uh advise you trying to get a little a little run in a little jog like you know whatever kind of workouts you like but don't don't let go of it for too long
2: yeah yeah I mean it's it's just got to get back into it As I always tell myself that like, oh you got to get back into it and it's like every every evening it's like oh man dude it's all I just want to do is just, like just sit down and just like be on my phone but it's like it's just you. Just once you. It's just getting over that hump, and it's like once you get over that hump, it's like once you take that first step on the jog, it's like okay, well I'm already on on the jog, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just complete the jog all the way through. It's always that first step is that's always the hardest, but mm-hmm. and, and that was, that was the, that was it for me because when I started jogging in quarantine, it's always like oh man, I don't want to go for a run. It's like it's cold and it's you know it's whatever. It's 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 like. You put your shoes on. You you go to the corner of the of the street. You know you do a little bit of stretches. Um, you you start your timer, and then it's like, boom! You take your first step, and it's like you're just off at that point. So, yeah, it's yeah. just that mentality of you know that first step. It, it, it's it's sort of what stops you, but it's you know once you get over that, it's it's all downhill essentially.
1: Yeah, I think the key thing there too from. Both, I think from really anyone that works out, but something that Omar was saying was like, your job is physical, right? So like, you can, you can, you can make the argument, and I wouldn't argue, argue with you if you said like, hey, I work out in my job already, so I'm not going to work out. Like, all right, for sure. That makes sense, mm-hmm. right? But th- that's the thing that you're saying, right? You, you want to work out because here's the thing. When your body gets exhausted at work, that's not for you. That's literally for a job. That's for someone else. But when it gets exhausted mm-hmm. at the gym, that's 100% for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's yeah. something I realized quickly, which, or not quickly, I actually mm-hmm. realized it like after a couple of years, it's like the gym, even though people still see it as like a, like a negative thing, like, ah, oh, I don't want to be sore. I don't want to be out of breath. I don't want to feel like I'm dying. Right? Like, why would I do that? It's just for you really, right? I mean, I get exhausted with my job sometimes too, but I know that when I go to the gym, it's like, this is for me. You know, I'm not doing this for anyone else. I'm not doing it, you know, for for the Instagram, for anything at mm-hmm. all. It's just like, this is my time to do me, to think about things that I need to think about, or just to turn off my brain, right? I mean, for, you know, someone like, you know, me and you, you work with your mind, right? And so, it's like i've talked about this before it's sometimes hard to turn it off when you're constantly having to think and think and think and what's the next step and how do i plan for this how do i build this thing and and of course you know that's just your job thinking about everything else that you have going on in your life Mm -hmm. to me at least right the gym is like yes building that sort of mental fortitude but also the other thing is just giving a breather to my mind yeah because lifting a, a weight even though it's a difficult thing it's like well that's the only thing right? Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't like when you're doing a math like 15 steps to solve a problem it's like it's one step that's it yeah. you lift the weight yeah. you're done and that simplicity i think in in our world that's as complicated as it is it's something that is highly undervalued yeah yeah.
0: yeah
2: definitely agreed
1: mm-hmm. boom yeah
0: <laughs> and um I'm kind of like indecisive, of, like what the what's the next thing I want to ask you, like whether it's about like you restoring a car or about SpongeBob. So I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll let you decide.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, we can talk about cars. I can I can talk about cars all day.
0: I know it I works. can't too. that's that's yeah. the problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm working on a Datsun 280Z, um, 1977. Oh, yeah. Picked it up. Um. March of 2019. So it's been almost two and a half years now. So, uh, I, you know, again, previous conversation where we're talking about getting over that hump, working on this car, is like getting over that hump. You know, when, when I first started working on the suspension, it was like, oh man, can I do this? And, 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 you know, it's like, is this, this is something that I can do, but it's like, you jack up the car, you put it on jack stands, you know, you start, you get your tools ready. And then, you crack, start cracking the, the nuts and bolts and it's slowly by slowly, you, you know, you've taken out all the necessary parts and now you're just putting in the new ones. So it, it's always like my mentality and I learned so much and like, not just about cars, but like about myself as well, when I was working on it, it's like, if I can get over that initial fear, that initial hump of like, can I do this? And I actually do it more than likely I'm, I can do it. And, and it's like, that's sort of where I'm at right now where it's for painting the car, right? Painting, painting a classic car costs somewhere like 10 to $15,000. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm not trying to blow that much money on, on this. <laughs> so it's like, so right now my mentality is, can I even paint this car? Like if I do yeah. it, will it will it come out good or will it look, come out like shitty? And I was like, now I have to look at it every day. And like, oh man, it's like one of the worst things I've ever created, but it's like, it's just that fear that I have to get over. Once I get over it, you know, it's like, I know I can do it, but it's just, it's always, it was, it's always the fear that's holding me back.
0: Yeah. 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 And do you have like anybody that's kind of, uh, helping you lead the project or that's Mm -hmm. giving you a little bit more insight than perhaps what you have your own? Or is it all just, you just doing like research online?
2: Yeah. YouTube, man. It's just, (laughs) just, just doing it all (laughs) on my own. I mean, my dad YouTube helps mechanics. me. Oh yeah. YouTube mechanics, man. I mean, we're not, we're not yeah. the well-trusted, but you know, we get, we get the job done.
0: Get the job <laughs> done. That's right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> nice.
2: would you, would you trust yourself in my car? I wouldn't, but I still drive it. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're going to get it right anyways. Yeah. 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 So
2: I mean, it, it's, yeah, all of it's really on my own. Uh, I bought a couple of like the, the books, you know, like the repair manuals and everything. Um, mm-hmm. but really, it's like just just trial and error, you know, you do something like, uh, went through a phase where the car wasn't starting right and it's like you can look up as many forms as you want but you know the the chance of someone having a unique problem as you is like very low Um but yeah. it's, it was just at that point it was like cool six months and the car just wasn't turning on and it's like i just i couldn't figure out what was going on but it's like you start you know day by day you start taking things apart you know try a little something different some put in something new Okay, well that didn't work, so let me try something else. And it's after six months, finally figured out that my my starter relay was out. And mm-hmm. then the reason why it was out because the car had a leak, and it rained, and water got into it, and it rusted. So oh. it broke up all the connections. So when I when I got when I figured out finally that that was the issue, when I figured it out it was like the best moment in my life because I remember I took it yeah. out, I took the relay when it was like one of those old school relays, so it's like you can take it apart. And I noticed the rust, and I'm like, okay, let me just clean it up a little and put it back in. Cleaned it up, put it back in, and it didn't turn, but it was like the next step, right? It was like, okay, well, now when I turn the key, I hear the ding. Like, it was like beep. You know how like cars, when you turn the key, it starts beeping? You can start hearing that. I'm like, okay, well, okay, so this is is where the issue is then. So I had to do some research, and I figured out, you know, this company makes this relay, and I, I bought it, and I put it in and I didn't even like put it in correctly at this point. I like, I put, I put in the power wire and then you had to ground it. So I just grounded it to some random bolt and I just like put, I just like um, touched it to the bolt and I turned the key and it turned on uh, yeah. and it was like Ooh. the best feeling ever. I'll, I'll send you guys a video. I'll send Juan a video and he can, oh, you yeah. can share it with Omar. But it was like literally the best feeling ever. And it was like that. that I mean, that's the main reason why, you know, I enjoy building this car. It's like, you you go through all this ups and downs and it's like, once you like hit that peak and and the car starts running, it's like the absolute best feeling in the world. And it's like going on that first cruise after like six months was like, Oh my God. Like I I missed
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's something really special and unique about uh, either building a car, building a truck, restoring something or modifying it to your own standards. Right. Because you're doing it with your own hands and, I think a lot of uh, people have the misconception, and and I think I did too when I was younger that because you're a quote unquote like mechanic that like this car is you know maybe not built or put together so well or like it's like half assed or that it's not necessarily something that you did on your own that maybe it's all based off of some sort of tutorial and you just literally copy paste kind of thing right but it's like when you start doing it it's like you realize what kind of a project you're getting into what kind of workload you're getting into and like and it's a lot because people designed these cars a long time ago oh yeah like not yeah. and not anytime recently right so you have to almost kind of retrace their own steps as yeah. to like why would they have wanted to do things a mm-hmm. certain way because as you found i'm sure and i found it's like sometimes you'll run into things where it's like why would they put this thing here like mm-hmm. this makes no sense right like the location of certain parts on the yeah. motor like don't make sense or i think for you for your case your your engine bay is a little bit smaller right yeah or, but it's a
2: lot more longer yeah
0: it's oh, right, yeah, it's, it's longer, really right, because it has, like, the long front end, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, I guess you have an advantage there, but, like, for other uh, older cars, like, I know for other Daughtons, like, they are also, like, have, like, a very really small engine bay, right? So it's, like, to get access to everything is, like, really hard, right? I have the advantage because I'm I'm working on a... My truck's the same years as your car. It's uh-huh. a 1977 GMC High Sierra. It's just a square oh, okay. body, you know? It's yeah, just an old yeah. truck. But I have a lot of space in the engine bay, which uh-huh. is what allowed me to say you know what let's completely take out this old engine transmission let's put a new one in you know like a turbo ls oh
2: okay okay
0: (laughs) yeah and so it's like i used to think like back in high school yeah someday i'm gonna want to like ls swap it Mm -hmm. you know like i think that'd be cool right have some extra ponies there and then just Mm -hmm. some reliability right yeah and very quickly it it turned to let me just uh, rebuild the old 350 small block to let me LS swap to let me turbo LS swap Jeez. to who knows what else. Right. Yeah. And it just keeps growing. Right. But that's, what's really exciting for me that it's like, it's kind of how I see myself right now when I look in the mirror, I'm a work in progress. And although I want something for myself today, tomorrow I'm probably going to want to like a whole yeah. different thing, yeah. you know, and it's about not settling for less, but Hey, is that part gonna cost a little bit more? Yeah, but let me just work a little bit harder and then I'll be able to buy it, you know. Or why why settle for not necessarily a mediocre build, but why settle for something that I no longer want? Right. Yeah, yeah. If it's no longer up to my standard, like let's let's step it up a notch, you know. Yeah. If I'm stepping up my life, I gotta step up my build, I gotta step exactly. everything up, right? Yeah. And uh it's exciting that that I'm meeting you through that too. That's mm-hmm. uh I know it's not easy, no, but yeah. it's yeah. so rewarding. It's so, so rewarding. rewarding. Yeah yeah I yeah. haven't gone to like start my truck yet I'm still waiting on the transmission to come back from the shop oh okay, okay um but that's basically once I get that transmission back, it's like I get to you know put everything inside the truck and focus on everything else but uh it's it's fun man it's fun i I definitely think uh for people that don't have a hobby or don't have anything that necessarily they can spend their free time on. I I would, I would advise them to maybe look into, to cars. I know it is a lot of work and it does help to have somebody kind of be a mentor for you. That's basically what I've done. I have a good friend of mine that's helping me out. Okay. And he's taught me a lot of stuff. Yeah. Cause, uh, my my mind isn't set up for mechanical work it just i can do Mm -hmm. work but to try to understand it i'm like it makes no sense yeah yeah so it definitely helps having somebody there uh to explain things to me like hey don't be an idiot like don't (laughs) put that there or whatever you know like do it this way you know be smart yeah you know um so that's that's really cool man um what what uh what color is your car
2: uh it's like a a reddish reddish orange color right now um i'm probably going to keep it well it's it's even not it's not even the original color um because i took Mm -hmm. off some of the emblems and like the original color is like a a silverish bronze color it's like a almost like a cream yeah so it's um it's kind of yeah so i'm pretty much trying to keep it the same color um probably go into a little bit more of a maroon Uh, i just Mm -hmm. think maroon looks so nice uh on Dodsons and pretty much any car really um yeah but yeah so i mean that's the color of it right now. Uh, we'll see how it is, uh, when I actually get to painting it. And if I just, if I just take the easy route and just go black, you know, cause hide all of my imperfections, but
0: you know, <laughs> it's the most basic. Yeah.
2: What about, yeah. so where, so you're just waiting on your transmission right now?
0: Yeah. So, so I got the, uh, what I have is a six liter, uh, LQ4 It's just mm-hmm. a cast iron block LS. Yeah. Um, Crate or? and mine came out of a, no, mine came out of a junkyard. I bought it from, uh, where was the junkyard? I think it was like in Sacramento or something. Oh, or okay. Woodland. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, mine came out of a Hummer. And oh, I didn't wow. even realize Hummers had LS. Yeah, I didn't yet. know that
2: either. What the hell?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's from an H2. Uh, so I, it, it, it's nothing crazy, you know, but it's still something cool to like, hey, it came out of Hummer, you know. Because yeah. um, usually it came out of like uh, Tahoe's, you yeah, know, Yukon's, yeah. uh, pickup trucks, you know. Um, and then I got the lady to go along with it. So, when I decided to go with the turbo build, I was like, oh, yeah. That means that everything else has to be, like, rebuilt, Super basically. Because yeah. this thing is going to fall apart the second I try <laughs> yeah. to like, step on the gas. You know? Shred
2: all your gears.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, I had uh, Jake's Performance out in Texas uh, oh, wow. rebuild it for me. yeah, So, it can withstand the extra power. Okay. Um, I honestly don't know how much power my build's going to make. I'd like, ideally, for it to make, like, around 600. Way more um, than so that. the transmission yeah. was going to be built for 700 horsepower, uh, wow. but anything above that would be too crazy because I still want to be able to drive it regularly. Oh, okay. you know? so, so
2: you're not going to drag it?
0: No, no, oh, okay. no. <laughs> um, I might hit the drag with it, you know, just because yeah. why not? Uh-huh. But it's not meant for that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's it's exciting, but it's definitely been a long time coming because yeah. my truck gave out like a year after high school, like oh, wow. around there. So that was like 2016. So uh-huh. it hasn't been driven since. So
2: you itching, and,
0: uh I've been itching, man. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh, the worst itch in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, especially when I see it, because we have like a uh, like a truck cover or whatever car cover. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. so whenever I take it off and I get into like move it around yeah. and stuff, uh-huh. I'm just like looking at it. I'm just like, damn, dude. Yeah. Like I don't even fit in this thing anymore. <laughs> like it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. that the time has passed by. When I sit inside it, it's like the steering wheel is no longer like this. It's mm-hmm. like like this, <laughs> and I'm just like, like what the hell? Like what happened? <laughs> you know, things
2: freaking like away
0: yeah because i used to be like really skinny and like yeah. shorter you know and then you know of course over time i i uh discovered other things you know they mm-hmm. got me a little fat and chunky and uh, <laughs> yeah. now just like damn dude like yeah. i gotta either i gotta slim down mm-hmm. or i gotta like change like the whole setup in this yeah. thing because yeah. i don't fit but uh the first yeah i yeah the first oh. burnout is
2: gonna be nice <laughs>
0: oh yeah. yeah that's for sure yeah. yeah i gotta get the rear end built too oh, i mean yeah. i'm probably gonna weld it for now oh yeah but i gotta way. get that yeah i gotta i gotta get that built too but yeah i mean it's it's you know it's a whole ass project and and i'm happy that you get to experience something similar to that in your own way um i want to get juan into it someday <laughs> hell yeah bro if we can yeah,
2: yeah. get juan into it oh my god that'd oh. be so nice
0: yeah uh, what, what, what I, do you I, think I, would be an ideal car for juan
2: uh let's see if we're going old well, school uh let's see i feel like juan's character let's see i don't
1: know that's i would say yeah, like what a <laughs> Man's gonna, a, yeah, man's gonna like say yeah <laughs> he's gonna say one of those <laughs> yeah. old beetles i mean dude, yeah. I, I ain't
2: gonna lie those are pretty nice too
1: they are they're yeah. cool yeah they're
2: yeah. cool but i can see you like a in like a an a e30 bmw 3 series oh
0: okay. yeah okay yeah definitely nice and like
2: classy i feel like juan's a much more yeah. classy person than i am so yeah i can definitely <laughs> see him in like a nice old school classic
1: well, I don't go yeah. by sexy beast, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it tends yeah. yeah that name more was classy. taken. <laughs> the name was taken. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah, I, I could, there. I could see him in like a Buick Rivera. Yeah,
1: like an old yeah. like
0: seventies, like really long. Oh you yeah. Know, like, yeah, and You know what my fancy. favorite car
1: is, right, Omar? What's my favorite car? Uh,
0: I think he told me it was like some sort of a Bel
1: Air. No, I could be oh. wrong. It's a 69 Corvette Stingray. That's the one. Oh, right. that's right. Okay. With, okay. A, with a maroon, with a maroon color. There you so go. Maroon I'm goes with everything, man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. like a wine color. Ooh. I cool. saw some guy driving one, uh-huh. and it wasn't the exact color that I like it, but I saw some old guy driving it, and I'm like, man, you need to step on the gas when that light turns <laughs> green, because <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, I want to hear the thing. It frustrates me when, like, old people are driving, because I'm like, bro, I'm in this, like, Honda in my sister's car, and I'm going faster, and you're like, come on, like, a little bit more. Just give us something yeah, some yeah. Oof, exactly. But it's something I've definitely... I want to get into, like, mechanics pretty mm-hmm. much just because it seems like a really complicated thing. Yeah. And I really yeah. like complicated things overall. Um, And also, like, you know, for whatever car I have to, like, sort of... Maybe fix certain things on my own, you know? Not, like, you know, the big mm-hmm. transmission shit and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I'll still stay away from that. Mm-hmm. But, like, things that I can fix on my own, I don't know about restoring a car because... It sounds like a lot of money and time. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> a lot of money. Know, it is. I don't know if I have either yeah. of those in this <laughs> yeah. current position. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, probably something, something down the line. I'd, I'd be interested in. So yeah. by that time, you guys should be experts. So, I'll be yeah. calling Hopefully. you guys up. I'll be we'll calling see. you guys up all the time. Like, who's the connection? Who do I call? And yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So trying to build those connections out here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. You have one more with Omar now. <laughs> there. There you go. Yeah, there exactly. Got to go a yeah. car meet one day.
0: Yeah, dude, for sure. I I haven't gone to a car meet in a while, but I used to like go like almost every every weekend or every other weekend uh or Friday nights. You know. Um, I mean, all it is is really just driving to some parking lot, right? But <laughs> yeah. it would be exciting to me because yeah. I'd be like, oh, like let's see who else like came out here. You know, from a yeah. different area. Yeah. And, uh, you know, middle of the pandemic is like when I was kind of like going to them the most because I really needed something to go to and people were all messed up, but they were still doing it. And I thought that was like fascinating on like, people are so driven to like drive their car or go explore a different area or just escape, you know, from whatever this is that we're going through that they'll drive all to a parking lot. We'll all be together, but we're all going to be messed up, you know? And as far as I know, no never ever came out of it getting COVID or anything. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't yeah, gone to many car
2: meets. Yeah. Cause I think, started getting into cars more in 2019. So I only had like six months really until COVID mm. happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I only been to like a couple. Um, a lot of them were just cars and coffee. Um, and I didn't, mm. I didn't take the Datsun at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, if definitely I'm trying to get into it more as well, but not less meets happening in San Jose now, but we'll see. Hopefully when things open back up, a lot more stuff happens.
0: Mm. Yeah. So San Jose is where you're located at right now.
2: Yeah, San Jose, born and raised.
0: Okay. Yeah. Damn. San Jose. Okay. Yeah. Have you got to a flea market out there?
2: Oh yeah, a whole bunch <laughs> of times. Yeah.
0: yeah, I've gone there like a few times, and I was always amazed how like large the flea market oh, was. Oh yeah. Like, damn.
2: I went for like nice. the first time in like ten years, like this past, like during COVID, and it was like the most nostalgic. And like the best feeling ever. Uh, Cause I used to go there so much as a kid and like
0: yeah. get
2: like so many different like toys and whatnot, you know, I would come home with like something I guess new almost every time. Um, but then mm. this time around it was just like, you know, there's like people selling like iPads and stuff. And like some guy just randomly approached me and said, Oh, you want an iPad? I was like, I was like low key. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't, I don't <laughs> really know if I'm going to try
0: to get one from you. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't well, come with a warranty. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: I'm like, I don't know how long this one's going to last. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah yeah It's really important that you bring that up like nostalgia right it's those memories that you have from a kid that why like why else would somebody go to a flea market like there's nothing really there like it's not like you're craving to go for the killer deals you exactly know? Like we got yeah. walmart's targets you know things are on sale everywhere else too you know but it's like because that nostalgia drives you to this place and you know sometimes you see a couple fleas out there you know there's it's not the prettiest sight sometimes, you know, like I, I remember that too, going to a flea market uh, and like Napa, like driving towards uh, American Canyon. Like that was like the one that I used to go with my family when I was younger too. We'd always go right after church mm-hmm. and it'd be like the go-to. And the first thing you do, like at least for me is like, I'd go buy some churros, you know, it's <laughs> a little like uh, the little yeah. circles, whatever, you know, yeah. and always get that, go get some ice cream and then, maybe like get something like uh something else, like some other snack or something, you know, I wouldn't really ever buy anything else. Like that's literally it. And then once I had my little bag of like snacks, whatever, I'm just like walking around like the whole place, <laughs> yeah. you know, just following my parents, you know, it's a whole and, uh, vibe, as long as, yeah. yeah, as long as you have that, like that was it. Like that's all you wanted. Right. But to um continue on that of uh nostalgia, right. You know, you were mentioning SpongeBob. There early. you go.
2: I was, I, was about, about I was about to mention it too.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's another thing that, is really really like nostalgic for me. Like whenever I, if, for whatever reason, if it comes up on my feed on Instagram or something, I'm like, oh, SpongeBob, and I'm like, I'll like you know, I'll like click on it. I'm like, oh, what's this about, you know? And uh, so, what, what's your uh, what's your memory? What's your experience with SpongeBob? Ah, uh,
2: let's see. I didn't get into SpongeBob till I was like in fourth, fifth grade, and the main well, mm-hmm. okay, I was I, I knew of it and I watched it occasionally, but growing up, I didn't have cable. Uh, we didn't have like Dish Network or Direct TV or whatever, so it's always like whenever I went to like a friend's house or a cousin's house, you know, if they had a cable, I would watch it there. So, and it was like once we got cable, it was just like at that point, it was like nonstop. It's like SpongeBob like became known to my parents, who like you know never really showed interest in cartoons, but they were like, oh okay, like like you keep watching SpongeBob, you're gonna turn into SpongeBob and like all that, kind of <laughs> <laughs>
0: all that kind of thing. But, turn to square? Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it was like. I don't know. It was just the passion sort of started. I didn't really like, I wouldn't say like, I wasn't like crazy, like meme wise to SpongeBob until like college. Cause I think uh, my roommate, Brian, my freshman year was like kind of crazy into that kind of, into SpongeBob as well. And we would just like, just do like the randomest, um, you know, like SpongeBob references. And at that point I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to start like enjoying it and start sending it out to more people. Um, and so even now, like for the memes and everything, um, I always share like a random SpongeBob meme on my Instagram and I have it saved, um, on like my stories. And I think I have it saved as like the key to my heart or something. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I can like literally SpongeBob prior to like, I would say everything up until like the first movie was like the golden age. The first yeah. movie was great, but then everything after the first movie was like it was just like a Crash. downward spiral. Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like uh, you're you're a man of culture, you know, with with SpongeBob. I feel like <laughs> instead of you being the person that invites guests it's like, yeah. oh, here, let me open my my cabinet of wine. It's like you yeah. just open a cabinet and it's just like filled with like SpongeBob memes and like you yeah, know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like this. so this is what yeah. we're having today. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. It's like if you want to yeah, talk, right. let's talk about SpongeBob. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. The, you're, the, you're, the funny you're... thing is that. Uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, one. I was gonna say he's a goofy goober at heart. <laughs> oh, Facts. another another good reference. Another good reference. I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like uh, SpongeBob hit a, like a lot of like little gems. Like there's a lot of references to stuff that as a kid you wouldn't ne- necessarily understand. And like mm-hmm. one of my first memories was in this one episode, SpongeBob was like laying down, and he's like, one like he's like photosynthesis, photosynthesis." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like looking at them like fuck is photosynthesis you know and i'm yeah. like i think i was like in elementary school too i'm like what is photosynthesis and like i remember like going on the the computer we had like an old like dinosaur you know and i'm like over here like you know typing on it like what's photosynthesis and then also like a bunch of plants start coming up and all this i'm like what the hell like why is this in spongebob you know and i was like so confused but i thought that was so cool like now that i look back at it I was like spongebob did that yeah. my teacher never did that nobody else did that it was exactly. spongebob he said yeah. it's a random ass word that i didn't know what it meant and I looked it up, and I was like, "Wow!" And I learned something that day, and it always stuck with me. It always <laughs> stuck with me, you know.
2: I mean, that's so that's, that's the really power cool. sponge. you would be teaching you the ways that school doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Do, do you have like a, a specific episode that you recall that's like your favorite episode, or, uh, or geez, just like uh, something more noteworthy?
2: I don't think I would have a favorite episode. I, I think yeah, I enjoy watching all of them. Um, I still, I don't, I haven't watched SpongeBob in a really long time now, um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it's, like, just just the just the jokes. I mean, it was just, like, the one where Squidward moves away to, like, that country club. I think that was probably one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I think, like, like Patrick Patrick's the freaking G, dude. It's, like, he was, like, he was, I think he was talking to a chair or something. He was, like, are you Squidward? And then, the, like, obviously, obviously the chair, like, whatever, like, the object was wasn't going to respond. And he was, like, oh, don't worry. Take your time. And it's, like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it was a fire hydrant. It was a fire hydrant. It was, like... Just, like, that kind of – there's, like, little quirks. Like, it's, like, dude, that's, like, the funniest shit ever, so.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's also the episode where we met uh, or we're introduced to Squilliam Fancy Son, right?
2: I think the the first episode is when um, they're – the band one, right? Where they're they're performing at the the Super Bowl. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the first time we see Scully. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's right. That's, that's right. I like I like the uh, the bubble episode where he has his uh, the bubble, bubble buddy? friend. Yeah, bubble buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah, hilarious to me. And yeah. also thinking about it, like all the low key social constructs of everything, like you clean my hand. It, it, you know that what was it the the whale late like, girl. I, don't, I forgot her name. Pearl. Is. Pearl, Pearl, yeah, yeah. 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 Where she shook the hand of some like, mm-hmm. famous singer person. Yeah. <laughs> and SpongeBob goes and <laughs> just like. And at the end, they all turn on the, the bubble like, damn, yeah. yo. Like, y'all need to chill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bubble. And he <laughs> comes to it's life. like floating
0: around town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He comes to life and he yeah, says he come, something, right? Yeah. He's like, comes yeah. to life. He like grabs the
2: needle and he like yo. goes off on him. And it was like, everyone's was just quiet after twist. that.
1: Yeah. That was a plot twist.
0: <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, that was pretty dark for SpongeBob, not gonna lie. <laughs> Yeah, I still I still remember my favorite episode was the one where um I think his like SpongeBob got lost. He went to that one other town that's like Rock Bottom. Goes straight down yeah, Rock yeah, yeah, Bottom. Yeah, yeah. That was something Dude, else, man. That
2: right there, like the the town being named Rock Bottom, is so such a, like a I don't know. It's like, like that probably that definitely has a deeper meaning. Like just being oh, yeah, Rock Bottom absolutely. and everything, yeah.
0: And it's straight down too. Like yeah, the funny thing yeah. is it's straight down <laughs> and it's like, like that's what can like potentially happen in life. You yeah, know, like you yeah. hit your rock bottom, it's it's Boom. a path straight down. Exactly. Right? And then trying to get back up, it's like you're literally clawing away as you see Spongebob like clawing away like you can't. But yet he's just there just waiting at the bus stop and it's just like that's literally all it is, right? <laughs> yeah. it, and and, and, it, and it's, it's crazy how they, they were able to – put all these things in an episode and it's a cartoon, yeah. you know, at the, yeah. it's a cartoon, but there's so many little messages that you can take from it. And that, like, now that, you know, we've grown up, we look back at it and it's like, oh wow, like life really can be that way. You know, you can't hit rock bottom, exactly. but it's, it's, it's the same way that it's straight down. It's one way straight up, you know, the same way you got there's the same way you get back up. And it's like cool little messages like that. that I, I remember from SpongeBob. So every now and then I, 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 I see little references or, you know, like you said, you see beams on Instagram, whatever, and it puts a smile on my face. I'm like, yeah. hell yeah. People are, people are still like, after <laughs> so, it. they're still looking into
1: yeah. it. And That's one of the beautiful. best things I think, not just from Spongebob, but I think from, you know, from our generation, like the cartoons actually had meaning, right? The yeah. thing that I've seen with the most recent ones is they're just meant to entertain kids, like keep them looking on the screen. But if you think about that like that, and I watched a lot of Tom and Jerry too. There's so oh, yeah. many things going back to that, that I'm like, Wow, I didn't understand any of it. Like there's so many things yeah. that even though it was meant for a kid, they hit so many references in it. I mean, the Scooby-Doo movies, they were hella sexual as well. Like they had hella <laughs> references like that. And I'm just thinking yeah. like, damn, I watched this as a kid, but it's amazing because yes, as a kid you do learn some things like the photosynthesis thing, right? <laughs> but if you do yeah. like go back or I, I, you see a meme, you're like, "Oh, I never realized that. That makes sense." And that I think is is the best sort of part of those those cartoons and that little bit of nostalgia, just, like, looking back on it and be like, oh, I see now what that actually meant. Like, that rock bottom reference, right? Things like that. Like, oh, that makes sense now. And it's those small little things, again, that, like, as, you know, 20-year-olds, like, damn, that makes sense now. I mean, I think we grew
2: up in, like, the golden age of, like, cartoons and, you know, TV shows. Because I think, I mean, before us, it was probably also pretty good. But I think, like, you know, we had, like, Spongebob Mm -hmm. on Nickelodeon. We had Spongebob, like, Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron, Jimmy
0: Neutron, Um, and then on Disney
2: we had like Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, um, a whole bunch of like Wizards of Waverly Place. Like we, I feel like we were in the golden age, and like now I try to like I think I went back to like the Disney Channel to see what was on there, and it was like I don't know, it was like the most like grown up shit ever. Where it's like you're trying to like I don't know, like like for us like our shows were like okay like kids being kids, right? But now it's like kids being adults which is like, it's just so weird. It's just so, it's like times have changed, but it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, we're sort of getting away from like, you know, the whole kids being kids and we're sort of like, I guess, grooming them to be like, you know, functioning adults at the age of like 10 or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah. It's the loss of innocence.
2: I mean, mean, that's the power of social media as
0: well. It's true. I mean, on social media, if you ever see like younger kids on there, um, I mean, I guess that goes for uh, like TikTok and Instagram I don't think on Facebook, but like, you know, the ones that are like, I guess, social media platforms that are a little bit more trending. Um, you'll see kids. Yeah, definitely trying to dress up like an older person or trying to act like older people. Um, and to me, like, it kind of bothers me. It's like, I mean, I didn't look like that when I was that age. I was like super skinny, frail looking, yeah. like looking like if I sneeze, I was going to fly away. You know? like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I love those like, memes. Yeah, <laughs> those memes are the best. I'm sure you've seen like, it's specifically like with girls, right? There's like this push towards like makeup and stuff and there's this picture of like yeah. this girl is like me at seven and i remember seven-year-olds when i was seven right they just look like they look like kids they didn't even look like a guy or a girl it was just like a, a child <laughs> yeah and now it's like a seven-year-old with like makeup and stuff and i'm like ew hair extensions Dang. and hair extensions. yeah wearing just, heels exactly Ugh. yeah
0: yeah exactly. yeah No, that is true that you point that out. It's like when you're, like, a little kid, it's like you're almost gender neutral, right? Like, you could be a girl acting like a kid, like a guy, you know? Like, you could be, like, a a little boy acting like a girl, you know? It's like it's whatever, you know? Like, you find a a Barbie doll that you like and you're playing with it with your action figures, like, nobody cares, right? But nowadays, it's like if you see a kid because of this whole, like, movement of, like, LGBTQ, right – a lot of people are pro-LGBTQ, like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, and a lot of people are okay with it. But because there's so many people now okay with it, there's more people that are standing up against it, right? And so if they do see some boy with, like, a Barbie, like, oh, what the hell is that kid doing? And, you mm-hmm. know, they'll say yeah. some sort of kind of, like, uh calling some certain name or whatever, you know. And it's it's weird because everything is now spotlighting certain things that just – honestly don't matter it's like it's just a toy it's just maybe a certain color clothing or a way that they're expressing themselves because they're a kid and that's why they're a kid right but yeah yeah, it's weird
2: because like not a lot a lot of things don't matter when you're a kid i played i didn't own any barbies but i played with barbies um you know with like action figures and whatnot so it's like i didn't think about it too much i was like whatever these are toys right it's like well one's a girl one's a boy you know it's like as a kid you're not really thinking about those things but it's like adults are there you know it's like always trying to you know push some type of agenda it's like oh well kids you know they boys should be playing with boy toys girls should be playing girl toys as a kid what i wanted to play with most for whatever reason was like you know like the babies like i don't know if you guys ever had those it was like um and again this was at the flea market where i always got them but it was like um it was like those, like those, like this babies, and like when you put it on its back, it would close its eyes. When you put it back up, it would open its eyes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. it was like those, just those things. I just like I don't know. I always found like interest in playing with those and everything. But in hindsight, that's would be considered a you know a quote unquote a girl toy, right? But it's like, yeah. as a kid, you like you didn't really give a shit. It's like, well, it's like, if it's enjoyment, it's, it's
1: enjoyment. Exactly. If it's fun, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. it's fun, it's fun. Exactly. We would have the weirdest games. It would yeah. be like cars and it would be like a mixture of like monster trucks and wrestling. And it would yeah. be like, yeah. it makes no sense what the hell we were doing back then. But it was just fun, like you said. And, and, and it was guys, it was girls. And that's a funny thing. Like no one really at that time, right? thought like oh yeah that's a girl like you're you're aware of it but it's like hey do you want to go play tag do you want to go play this thing and nobody asks like oh should we go easier because she's a girl or should we go you know it's just like you're all kids exactly just equality i guess yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah, i i remember all i really had was like hot wheels like there was a thing where like my dad would pick me up from school on wednesdays when we get off early and we'd go immediately to uh they call it longs it's now cvs but we'd go there I'd get a hot wheels from there and then, you know, we'd probably go like to McDonald's or whatever, but like, and of course I would probably get like something with my happy meal or whatever, but it's like, I wouldn't care about that. All I care about was that hot wheels, you Mm -hmm. know, and I have that collection still to this day. And Mm -hmm. that was kind of like what built the foundation for me years to come. Where it's like, now I'm obsessed with cars. I love looking at them. Like, Oh, what, what, what engine do you have in that? Like, Oh, what do you have in there? You know? And it's something that people kind of also overlook. It's like, Well, when you're a kid in your youth, like those are the formative years, right? So, whatever parents are, like you're saying, like pushing on their kid, you know, through their own agenda, their own point of view, uh, years to come, that kid is either going to have resentment towards that parent, or they're going to become exactly like that very much, Mm -hmm. you know, that with that same aspect, right, of that parent. Um, But people don't realize that it's like people are like forgetting that that's like kids are literally like lives that you can morph and shape. And people are like forgetting that it's like no 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 like here just dress up like this do this certain thing don't do that you know like like hey it's a kid yeah let them be a kid exactly
2: mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's we try to push them to like what we want them to be but it's like a kid's gonna do what a kid's want it's gonna want to do it's like you, the more you try to stop a kid the more like the kid's gonna be like I want to do that if you try like a kid doesn't know that fire hurts but if you try to stop a kid from touching fire the only thing that they're gonna want to do is touch that fire touch so that it's, fire. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, the more we hold them back, um, the more, you know, I guess rebellious or whatever you want to say, they're going to become. And it's like, if you just let kids be kids, you know, you'll just let them discover themselves, you know, stop setting, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, stop putting them on the path where, you know, it's like, oh, you're this, like, you don't need to discover yourself. Kids should be able to discover themselves, discover what they like, what they don't like. We're sort of losing that, you know, I guess, mentality and sort of that belief as we get older. So
1: I think that's a good place to wrap it up. I feel like we're going to keep talking, (laughs) but for the sake of editing, let's, let's cut it off there. And uh, Jot will close the episode out with (laughs) a very serious quote. A very,
2: very serious quote. This is like very serious, very dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, you know, this quote's from SpongeBob, um and, and the quote, obviously obviously it, it comes from the the first movie um you know and SpongeBob's saying you don't need a license to drive a sandwich and, and then you're gonna be like well what the <laughs> hell is he talking about it's like you know in hindsight you can take this in so many different directions right you can be like okay you just don't need a license to drive a sandwich but it's like we sort of limit ourselves right we limit ourselves to do so many like you know we limit ourselves from progressing in life. And I'll just take you guys as an example. You guys are doing this podcast, which is great, you know, but it's, you know, like if you look at like the higher, like, you know, like the mo- most popular podcast, you know, they have sets, you know, they have a whole team behind them, you know, doing all this, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, mm-hmm. you, that shouldn't limit you, right? You shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be like, oh, I need that to do this podcast, You know, I can do Mm -hmm. this podcast um, that, you know, is helping people, um, you know, progress in life and, you know, sort of start thinking about, you know, where they want to be and where they want to grow with, you know, just the very, I wouldn't say the bare minimum, but it's like with, without all the fancy tech. And it's sort of what, you know, the quote saying where it's like, I don't need a license to drive the sandwich. You know, it's, it's not a boat, you know, it's, it's like, I can drive it without a license because it's, that's not something that's holding me back. So um, (laughs) that was sort of my spin and take on it, you know. Really, really proud of you guys for what you guys have sort of accomplished so far. You know, forty-three episodes—that's uh, that's incredible. That's great. So, hope you guys Appreciate you know it. continue the great work and everything.
1: Yeah, and nobody forget that this this podcast is now a sandwich, yep, this <laughs> and it's okay because we don't sandwich. have a li- we don't we don't need a yeah. license for this, so exactly. we got it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm
0: for sure, I'm for sure going to have to include that somewhere in like the post we make about this episode. I'm going to have to put a sandwich (laughs) and a license somewhere. I'm going to have to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I really do like that. It's, um, that's, I guess why I like SpongeBob so much too. It's like the simplicity and also just like looking at life in such a goofy manner and just having a laugh, you know, like, like both of you will understand you've both been, you know, into school and your education, college, like so seriously, like day after day. um, But yet you can look back at it and you can still laugh. You know, there's still moments where you take a laugh at it. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, we all have our ups and downs. We all have our struggles, but that doesn't mean we can't share a laugh. It doesn't mean that you can enjoy life. Exactly. We all come from different backgrounds, but still we get to share each other's experiences, you know, both through this platform of the podcast and, you know, maybe hanging out some hopefully someday in the future. And we just laugh, you know, you just cherish those moments. You share those memories and you laugh, you know.
1: Can't kind of so that kid. Thanks,
0: thanks for being on there.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Always. All right, we'll wrap yeah. it up there. And thank you for listening, everyone.